0: to take a quick moment to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast was recorded and is made available to you by Whitley Penn LLP and WP Wealth LLP solely for informational purposes. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are general in nature and are not intended to be construed as the provision of financial or investment advice by Whitley Penn or WP Wealth. The information discussed in this podcast is accurate as of the day it was recorded, but may then become outdated over time. Please feel free to contact us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns in regard to the content presented. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. thanks for tuning in today. My name is Bree Miller, an advisor with our WP Wealth Group, and I am excited to host this very special episode of WP Talks. I hope you've been following along with our recent series where Tom and I have put together timely updates on the state of our economy and the markets as we experience the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic in the spring of 2020, the quick recovery in the markets as a result of government stimulus, a change in administration, And now an economy that is opening back up with new emerging inflation concerns and potential significant legislative policies that could have significant impacts on individuals and businesses. To piggyback off of some of the discussions that Tom and I have had on previous episodes, we thought it would be interesting for our listeners to hear from other leaders of different service lines at Whitley Penn. So today we are joined again by Tom Ryan, Managing Partner of our WP Wealth Group. W.P. Richardson, Whitley-Penn's Director of Insurance, and Robert Allen, a Director in our Forensic Litigation and Valuation Services Group. All of these leaders in various service lines of Whitley-Penn provide guidance to clients on different areas of their financial world. And we thought, what a great opportunity to hear from them as to how their clients are perceiving all of the changes in this environment and the impact to their businesses and to get their perspective on changes that are coming about. So I think a great place to start is maybe maybe we'll go around to each of you and have you share some of the conversations you're having with clients, colleagues, friends, and families uh, in reaction to some of the trends we're seeing in the economy and the markets or proposed policy changes we're hearing from the Biden administration. Um, so, you know, what what are they concerned about? What are they looking to you for advice on? Uh, Tom, let's start with you.
1: Great. Thanks, Brie. You know, we've we've shared in previous podcasts a lot of the the details of change over the last 18 months. And it's amazing when you think back of uh, what we've lived through, just both personally and in business and in each of our service lines. Um, But maybe kind of focusing on um, maybe real time, what are some of the uh, conversations or more prevalent conversations we're having today, 18 months past uh, shutdown of the economy and and all the changes that we've seen and, and talked about. I think they all kind of center around just um, the unknown, um, confusion, and uncertainty about the future. You know, specifically in our WP Wealth Group, we work with a lot of retirees or soon-to-be retirees that, you know, typically at that stage of life are, are deleveraging, maybe t- taking some risk uh, down and kind of putting themselves in a position to enter a new stage in their financial uh, journey. And uh, part of that is, uh, you know, maybe investing a little more safely and in more interest-sensitive type investments. And so one of the big concerns or discussions that we have is, you know, how do you generate a real rate of return given the low interest rate environment and high inflation? You know, as, as portfolios take a different slant to a more conservative approach, retirees are very concerned about, you know, outliving their money and how how their, their accumulated assets are going to provide for them. So I think that's one thing that definitely spend an awful lot of time talking to clients and also talking internally within our group. I think another uh, big topic of conversation today that we're having is just the, the seemingly um, uh, historically high risk appetite that we're seeing in the marketplace. You know, whether that be in some of the meme stocks or uh, some of the cryptos, you know, the evolution of uh, Robin Hood and all the new investors that have entered capital markets that, you know, it seems to be um, a situation where people don't perceive risk, uh, they think markets only go up, That that's concerning to clients. And, we, you know, we spend an awful lot of time talking about that. And then, of course, and I know we'll spend some time today uh, digging deeper is all the information we're getting about all the various proposed tax uh, policy changes, both individually to to income taxes and businesses, and also gift and estate tax. You know, one of the big, big parts of the consulting, uh, the consulting part of our practice is advising high net worth clients on estate planning, giving strategies and things like that. And, you know, there's, there's several different proposals out there, all with pretty significant changes. Uh, from current law and, and clients are very concerned about about those changes and how to navigate with the uncertainty about whether something's going to pass or not and you know whether we should be proactive and do something in advance of that. So maybe at 30,000 feet, those are some of the, the headline items that we're spending more time today uh, addressing with clients than maybe we have in the past.
0: WP, what kind of conversations are you hearing and having?
2: Uh, I've had clients, uh, and I've also talked to advisors, and they've been asked by their uh, their clients or friends, uh, should they plan now or should they wait to see what happens with the tax law changes uh, and what's going to pass? Um, that's been a question, I think, over the years that I've been in the business. Uh, every time there's an administration change, uh, top tax law changes are coming, people always, the question is, do I do planning now or do I wait uh, so I think that's going to continue. Uh, I've, I've seen that and like I said, talk to advisors, that's a question that they're getting asked a lot right now. Uh, one thing that uh, comes to mind for me on the insurance side is, is COVID. COVID has uh, affected people in so many different ways, but uh, I've had clients and friends ask me questions and they've asked, will it affect the policies that they currently have or will it make insurance a little bit more difficult to get in the future? I, I tell them that the policies they currently have, they're going to pay off. If somebody were to get COVID and they die from it, uh, the insurance companies are going to pay the claim. They're not going to, going to try to avoid paying that claim. Uh, COVID also has affected life insurance companies because of the unforeseen deaths that has been caused by the pandemic. And most of these deaths have occurred before that person's life expectancy. Uh, You see it all the time, I've seen it on the news, that you have a 40-year-old person that didn't even have underlying issues that passed away. Well, that's gonna be a claim that would be paid that normally wouldn't have been a claim that would have been paid because they're not even close to their life expectancy. Uh, Another issue that that comes to mind is, what side effects is the virus gonna cause that is gonna be an issue with health in the future that make make it difficult to uh, get insurance policies and when you apply for them uh so harder to qualify for the insurance and then also you may not even be able to get the insurance so it's kind of an unknown uh, of what these uh, side effects and what they could do to the to people's health in in the long run
0: interesting yeah i didn't really think about um, how covid would relate to underwriting or the payout of policies already in place so that's, that's, that's good thoughts. Uh, Robert, what, what about you?
3: Yeah, to some degree, the, the conversations I'm having with clients are, are really no different than, than the conversations I've always had. We're always trying to help business owners reduce uncertainty when it comes to the question of how much is my business worth so that they can go forward and make better planning decisions. So, that's always a challenge. It's it's still a challenge today. Um, The context in which we're having those discussions more and more relates to what we've talked about here already, which is we've got a high asset value environment. We've got the prospect of uh, less favorable tax laws coming down the pike. And the combination of those two it's causing a lot of clients, business owner clients in particular, to revisit some of the conversations maybe they've had previously with other advisors or their attorneys about estate planning, about potentially gifting or moving some of the ownership of, of their business out of their estate under the current laws that are, that are more favorable than, than what potentially may be uh, coming in the near future.
0: Yeah, those are all very relevant topics and questions you know we're all getting every day. Tom, could you just kind of summarize some of those larger themes and you know really the headlines we're hearing? and then that might uh, lead us into deeper conversations uh, with WP and and yourself and Robert that are um, specific guidance that you're providing your clients.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, some of this uh, kind of responds back to the questions that I kind of uh, I, I, uh, illustrated earlier. And I know uh, many of these particular headlines affect businesses differently. And I know that they may affect WP and what he does differently than what they do Robert uh, in his business. But I think, you know, just to go down a list and maybe add a little color to each one, first of all, is interest rates. It, it, what we've seen in the last couple of weeks is kind of head scratching. So, you know, the the conversation through the spring and into the summer has been inflation and, you know, CPI and PPI coming in even above what the Fed expected, which was certainly elevated. You know, the expectations were elevated because of all the the, uh, financial and fiscal stimulus that has been put out there, the pent up demand, the supply chain uh, bottlenecks that were creating really pressure on on um, goods and services that were elevating prices. And you would, you would have imagined, and we, in fact, did see interest rates begin elevating, which was in, in, in um, coordination with higher prices and with inflation. But in the last couple of weeks, you know, interest rates have really spun on their heels and headed, headed back down again to levels that we haven't seen you know, since, the, um, since the COVID shutdown. And that doesn't make sense. And I think everybody's trying to understand you know, what, what that means. You know, the only thing you can say about the interest rate environment that, that we know with some level of certainty is that it's been manipulated through fiscal, uh, through Fed policy for many, many years now. You know, true market conditions aren't necessarily dictating rates. But the reversal is, is kind of confounding. It would lead you to believe that maybe the strength of the recovery is is waning, which is a sign of lower interest rates. Um, So we're really kind of keeping our eye on that. I know it affects people's businesses. I talked about retirees uh, with a larger percentage of their asset allocation earmarked towards interest-sensitive investments. And so while you have interest rates coming down, which affects the amount of income they receive, at the same time inflation going up, that typically doesn't work in, in that direction. So a little concerning there. You know, we're hearing again this week on uh, you know next, next round of government spending programs. Uh, there was a bipartisan plan for an infrastructure of around a trillion dollars. Uh, we're hearing another backup, uh, once that's done, of another three and a half trillion. Uh, that, that tells me there's gonna be more liquidity. So we have concerns about inflation. This doesn't help that at all. Um, you wonder whether at some some point all this spending, the marginal returns on economic growth get, get muted a bit. And this is a price, you know, this, this debt we're taking on is something future generations will have to deal with in higher taxes and interest service. Uh, that's something that, uh, that, you know, we're seeing and trying to analyze the long term impact of that. You know, Robert mentioned elevated asset prices. I think I mentioned that earlier, certainly in other podcasts. We're sitting at all-time highs uh, at a time when there's still nine million uh, less employed today than there were pre-COVID. So um, while there's a lot of pent-up demand coming out of the lockdown into the opening of the economy, you know there's a kind of a disconnect between asset prices, and the only thing you can you can relate that to is the amount of liquidity, and a lot, a lot of that is going into assets which are being inflated. Uh, risk appetite, I mentioned that a little earlier, you know, the risk appetite seems to be just off the charts high right now. The, the, uh, the attention to risk return to, you know, um, uh, managing risk return is kind of out the window that typically doesn't end well for those that are losing sight of a balance and a risk perspective. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, it's, it's, it's never, it never happens at an opportune time and it typically happens when you're most exposed. So those that are losing sight of that, be cautious. Uh, inflation, we talked about You know, in recent weeks, we've got CPI, PPI, data, you know, all, all, all that com- coming in at elevated levels and even above what was expected. Chairman Powell continues to reiterate that he thinks it's uh, transitory. Uh, hope, hope he's right. Hope, hopefully we start seeing some relief on housing prices and cars and any any durable goods, restaurants, you know, are having to move prices up. We're seeing in the grocery stores, certainly a concern. And then you know the big items, just tax reform. I think with the three and a half trillion spend package on social infrastructure, as they call it, uh, those will have pay fors um, as, as tag along with that legislation. So at that point, we're going to start getting into. You know whether any of these proposals, whether it's the Biden proposal or the Sanders or or some of the other proposals out there, are actually going to make uh, law, and and how the marketplace uh, receives that and uh, how the market uh, reacts to it, whether it's the elevated capital gains rate, the uh, income tax rate, some of the gifting and estate uh, uh, tax changes. So those are those are some big headlines that we we've, we've just been introduced to over the last several months people have different opinions as to whether they'll there's enough support to make those through but as we start talking about them in more and um, more um, serious content a uh, context we'll see whether the market responds or reacts to it so again some of the headlines that, that we all are reading and and hearing about and thinking about those are, uh, some of the things that obviously our group spends a lot of time trying to understand so we can advise our clients appropriately uh, in, in light of that.
0: Yeah, that's really a great highlight reel for the news cycle we've all been hearing over the past year or so. And to your point, conversations, I know we're certainly having with clients on the wealth side. Uh, one topic I'm going to pull from that list is interest rates. Uh, we've talked about current the current interest rate environment and, you know, eventual, whenever that may be, rise in interest rates and how that might happen, but the effect it would have on markets, personal and business balance sheets. WP, I know interest rates are a cause of many conversations or proactive planning you're doing with your clients on the insurance side. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, life insurance companies, they've been affected by this low interest rate environment that we've been in for quite some time now. Uh, Low interest rates have caused lower investment returns for the life insurance companies, but it's also affected the policyholders. And I'm going to give an example of using two type of policies, one being a universal life and the other being a whole life. Uh, A universal life, their performance or the performance of that policy is tied to a crediting rate or interest rate. I can think back years ago, dating myself, but the crediting rate uh, about 35 years ago was 14 to 15%. Now we're sitting at around 4% for a lot of these policies. And let's say that you bought a policy a number of years ago and the crediting rate was 8%. Well, if you're paying a premium at that time when you took the policy out, you're paying a premium based on that assumption of 8% continuing to earn that or higher for your policy to perform as you expected it to when you took it out. The policy will most likely lapse and has policies have lapsed because of the situation where that 8% has dropped all the way to four. Even a 1% decrease in a crediting rate can make a substantial difference in how that policy performs. A whole life policy, which is tied to dividends, same situation, dividends because of the lowering rates in the last number of years, the, the interest rate, the dividends have been decreased over the last number of years as well. So people that bought a policy thinking that their dividend would be paid at some rate that they expected is not. It's gone down. The dividends have been reduced. So people that might have thought they could pay 10 years of premiums and they're done, that's not happening. They're having to pay a lot longer. And what's happening as well is that these policies are going to lapse. And it's not really good if you had a policy that you took out thinking that you wanted it enforced to 100, or let's say 100 plus, and it ends up lapsing around 70 to 75. Uh, you're not near your life expectancy, so the policy didn't perform up to your what you really expected. The way you can kind of make sure that you're not going to be in that situation is to review the policies that you have. Uh, if it's a whole life policy or a universal life policy, uh, it's going to be a good idea to review those policies. Uh, get what's called an enforced ledger, and it'll show a snapshot of how your policy is performing based on the current crediting rate that it's being uh, given at that time and the premium that you're paying. You'll find that the policy premium may have to be increased, or you may look at other options with other companies and other policies, depending on the, the policy you bought years ago. But it's a good idea to go ahead on universal life, whole life policies index universal life policies as well to review those policies to make sure that they're going to last. That's that's what I'd say is the biggest issue right now with interest rates mm-hmm. and insurance companies and, and life insurance insurers.
0: Yeah, interesting. So I, what I'm hearing is insurance is not a set it and forget it kind of product. It needs to be something that you're periodically getting with your insurance advisor and reviewing the policy, making sure it's still working the way it was set up to, and um, that's still the right fit for you as things change, income changes, your goals for that product or that need changes. That's correct. Um, Robert Tom mentioned earlier tax reform as being you know a, a headline that we're hearing and, and talking about. Um, I know there are specific parts to the proposed changes, namely capital gains tax, that's driving some of the conversations you're having with your clients as it relates to valuation on transfers. Can you expand on that a bit?
3: yeah so you're right. there are a couple of things in the in the current proposal from the president's tax plan uh, regarding capital gains. so one is is just a an increase in the capital gains rate potentially, but the other one that that could potentially have a big effect on uh, families who are intending to pass assets or businesses from one generation to the next is a provision that would call for uh, a capital gains tax to be levied on the appreciation in value when an asset is either donated or uh, when a decedent passes away and the ownership passes to an heir. Um, That's very different than, than the situation that we have today uh, where the, the basis on that asset would, would step up to the fair market value when, it, when it's passed along and there's no tax bill due at the time. Um, so in this situation, if, if this provision were to go through, the amount of the gain would be the, the excess of the fair market value at the time of the gift or at the death of the decedent over whatever their tax basis is. Um, and that, that gain would be taxable income on on either the decedent's gift or estate tax return, or maybe on, on a separate capital gains return. But I can see situations where this creates real problems. I'm thinking of, of for example, uh, families that have... Uh, non-income producing land or a farm or something that that has been in the family and passed from generation to generation and the intent is to continue passing that on as a family asset and you know now potentially there would be a tax bill due um with the passing of that asset and to the extent that the family does not have liquid assets otherwise available to cover that tax bill, you know, it could force them into having to to liquidate, uh, you know, some of the asset or or maybe all of the asset in order to to cover a tax bill. So it, it's just it, it it's concerning um, from from a lot of different angles and. Um, you know who knows whether it will become law or not, um, but the, just the prospect of it would would represent a, a serious change, and it makes me think WP about about life insurance. Um, you know, traditionally we've we've had conversations with clients about about life insurance proceeds as as providing the liquidity for. For a tax bill with the with the um, with the estate tax laws the way that they are right now, some of those conversations have have gone away the last few years. But a proposal like this that that uh, could create a you know a near term tax liability that's got to be covered that that could put those life insurance conversations right back on the table. Have have you heard kind of Anyone thinking along those lines or had any conversations like that?
2: That's come up quite a bit. Uh, you know, I think life insurance is an excellent leverage to create liquidity. It's been used over the years, for a number of years, to provide uh, liquidity for estate tax. Uh, the same situation you talked about liquidity. If you don't have liquidity to pay that tax, you're going to have to sell property and figure out a way to pay that tax within nine months. Uh, let's say that this does pass and there is going to be a tax due at the owner of an asset's death uh, to their heirs, uh, and it's going to be a capital gains tax. I still say that's a great way to provide liquidity. Uh, Let's say you do, like you mentioned a minute ago, you have the liquid assets such as a business, real estate, partnership interest, or other personal property. Your heirs, they may have to sell your liquid asset or assets to pay that capital gains tax. So the way it's set up is you would put life insurance and it would be on the current owner of that asset with a benefit going to cover the beneficiary's anticipated capital gains tax liability, which is a a real simple way uh, to take care of that and avoid from having to sell that property or land or whatever whatever it may be uh, to create that liquidity. So, I think life insurance will continue to be either for a state tax or if we do see a change and uh, uh, we have a problem where it comes to creating liquidity for capital gains, I think it's still going to be something to be used as well.
0: Yeah, the, the elimination of the step-up in basis could have huge implications on next generation depending on the type of asset. So. Definitely something for people to start thinking about and thinking through. If this becomes a reality, then what are my liquidity options and and possibly looking to life insurance to meet that need.
1: Bree, if I might add, I, mm-hmm. I had a meeting today with a client, an attorney, that we were it, we were talking about that exact situation. And you know, I think I think Robert may have mentioned that you know for a number of years now with the elevated uh, exemption credit, those discussions haven't been that that uh, frequent because uh, most estates would have fallen under that and it really was a concern. But the problem you have now is there's various versions of potential change. And some talk about retroactivity, some talk about pro- prospective, some talk about enactment date. And as advisors and, and advising the clients, it's really tough. I mean, you're basically laying the landscape out. We're, we're, you know we're identifying the, the opportunities but it's really hard to pull the trigger and and to execute a plan, to underwrite a policy, to, uh, to go ahead and effectuate a gift or a transfer, because all this may be for naught. I mean, none of this may pass, or it may be worst case or somewhere in between. So it adds just so much complexity. But I think you know WP's point is right. We need to be having these conversations and, and laying out the, the facts set so that when we have clarity and potentially have a window of opportunity to be able to execute, then we're prepared and, and able to do that, not miss a chance to provide some real value advice uh, to our clients.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, great thoughts. Uh, Robert, you spend a lot of time helping clients work through you know valuations of their businesses and assets. I know there's also been some talk about changes to how fair market value would be determined for an asset. Can you talk about what that change is and how it's affecting the guidance that you're providing when you're working through valuations?
3: Yeah, so this this is another component of the of the proposal around capital gains taxation at the time of transfer, and it has to do with fair market value. Again, the 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 gain at transfer would be measured by. The fair market value at the time of the transfer, over the basis uh, that the donor or the decedent has in the asset, and traditionally, the the Treasury regulations and the tax law have followed a consistent definition of fair market value that that has been around for for decades. Uh, but there's a there's a component of the current proposal in which fair market value is defined differently for purposes of this capital gains tax calculation. And the difference has to do with discounting. So when we are valuing a a partial or a non-controlling ownership interest in an asset, so say for example, uh, someone owns a a twenty five percent interest in a business or in a piece of property. Um, it it does not carry the benefit of of control of that asset, and so from a valuation or an economic standpoint, that has translated into a discount on the what otherwise would be the pro rata value portion of the of the value of the. The business or the asset as a whole. Well, this definition calls for um, for a, an elimination, effectively, of of those discounts for purposes of this uh, capital gain tax calculation at the time of transfer, and it it's um, it, it just to me it has the potential of creating a lot of confusion because uh, we could have different definitions of of fair market value floating around depending on which portion of the tax code we're looking at. And so um, it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely something that has hit my radar and that I'm I'm trying to stay apprised of. Uh, but it's uh, it's one of those things that has made its way out to some degree into into the marketplace. And so I have had clients and, and advisors who have asked about uh, whether or not discounts are going away. And um, again, thinking about maybe going forward with uh, with some of the estate planning strategies that they've talked about uh, in the past and, and maybe didn't feel a sense of urgency about needing to do those. Well, now, through a combination of of all the things that we've talked about here, um, I think people are feeling that that urgency and, and rightfully so.
1: Yeah, I think you know it's interesting. Um, you know, we each each we each talked about elements of kind of the main issues that are affecting uh, the environment right now. It's interesting how one one issue could have really deep uh, uh, ramifications in each one of our businesses. You know, I think if if I think about the firm in general, and obviously, you know, we've talked about Robert's business and WP's and obviously WP Wells, but you know, whether it's tax group or the audit group or or, a transaction advisory group, I think that's really one of the real values that we have in, in having all these multiple lines of business that really focus on different things. We could take an issue like capital gains or fair value or interest rates, and it does impact uh, everybody's business. And being able to put our heads together, have conversations like this today, or just network like we do professionally within the firm and servicing and trying to add value to our clients, that certainly is a a value proposition that, uh, that we can deliver to our clients that maybe some other groups can't. So just find it really interesting as we talk about these headlines and have multiple implications that it might have uh, to businesses and to individuals.
0: Yeah, really great discussions everyone. You know, I really appreciate hearing from all of your perspective on you know, the ever-changing economic environment that we're navigating and um, you know, working through with our clients on the personal wealth side and, and you know, how that translates into your service lines as well. I know this is an evolving conversation, so um, you know, As we continue to get more clarity on some of the agenda items under the Biden administration, economic recovery, Fed's response to some of these concerns that we've mentioned today, uh, we should certainly look to get back together to touch on some of these other topics that we weren't able to address today. Um, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Please head to WhitleyPenn.com to learn about all the different financial services Whitley Penn has to offer our clients Also, please like, share, and subscribe to our WP Talks podcast channel, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We will see you all again soon.